When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and it's Saturday morning. I guess we're getting close to noon, and I just want to talk draft. So what I did is I put together a full first-round mock draft, and that's what we're going to do. So we're going to kind of take a step back from 49ers talk and all those things, and at the end of the episode, if you guys have some questions, uh, hopefully we'll have some time to get through those. But we're going to do a full first-round mock draft. All 32 teams will be represented in this, obviously. Uh, Well, actually, no, (laughs) because several teams have already traded out of the first round. But Every NFL team, scout, draft, analytics guy, girl out there, they go through the process of mock drafts for several reasons. One, it just gives you a layout of what possibly could happen on draft day. And whenever you're picking, you know, number 31 like the 49ers, there's so many different angles and ways that this draft could go that you've got to play out all these scenarios so you're prepared for all of them. You know, the one thing that I could say the 49ers won't be doing is trading up in the draft. They just don't have the draft capital. Again, no second, third, or fourth round pick. Uh, So unless they're going to package a player deal or trade, you know, a 2021 draft choice, which I guess they could do, it just doesn't seem likely. So let's go through this. And again, whenever I do mock drafts, I love it because just the hate that uh, comes your way. Because no matter who you pick, uh, you're going to piss off uh, another team, a player, a player's parent. Uh, It doesn't matter. So anyway, as always, you guys know, uh, I've got really, really thick skin. So please, if you are upset by the choices I have made and you want to insult my intelligence and my grandparents, do not hesitate. Always direct those straight at me. Uh, you can go into my DMs on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman or just make it public. Let's just have some fun with it. So uh, please do not hold back the insults um, and just bring it your way. So without further ado, let's jump straight into this. 
Now, the first pick overall by the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't think it's going to be much of a shock to anybody. Uh, I do have the quarterback, Joe Burrow, going there, quarterback out of LSU. Uh, you know, you, you could talk about the one-year wonder. You could talk about all those things. But he has proven he can do it all, and he will be a perfect fit there in Cincinnati and actually stepping into a relatively good spot. Uh, the Bengals, not a great franchise to say the least, but he does have some offensive weapons. Remember, they will be getting back their first-round draft pick from last year to exist zero snaps, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, plus some wide receiver, young wide receivers there. We'll see if they can keep A.J. Green. Now, the second pick with the Washington Redskins already taking a turn. I know that the group think and... Most people have Chase Young, the amazing edge player out of Ohio State, going there, and I think that would be a solid pick. However, um, I wanted to see what would happen if we just, you know, threw a wrench in their plans. Uh, the Redskins definitely. Uh, if they're stacked anywhere at any position, it's edge. Uh, you know, they took Montez Sweat last year. Ryan Kerrigan's coming off another good year. Chase Young would improve every single team, but I have them going offensive tackle out of Alabama, Jedrick Wills, uh, in just a kind of shift away from uh, groupthink because let's play this out. You've got a new quarterback coming in. You've got a young quarter. Uh, sorry, a new coach coming in. You have a young quarterback that you drafted last year in Haskins. He played terrible. Uh, get him some help on the offensive side. That offensive line is a joke. Um, might as well just take one of the better players um, there with the Alabama tackle. The third pick overall. Uh, this is the best scenario possible for the Detroit Lions. A lot of people have them taking Jeffrey Akuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State. That would not be a mistake at all. But if Chase Young falls to number three, uh, I, I fully expect Patricia to make that uh, pick right right away. So uh, top three, I got Burrow, Wills, and then Chase Young going number three to the Detroit Lions, which brings us to the New York football giants at pick number four, Tristan Wirfs. And I think of any pick outside of the number one pick, this is probably the one that is most likely to happen. Uh, Tristan Wirfs just screams everything about uh, David Gettleman and the Giants. It just makes sense. The offensive tackle out of Iowa, 6'5", 322 pounds. Very, very clean prospect. Nate Soldier uh, has not lived up to that contract at all. Um, and that means now we move on to number five, Miami. If you would have told any Miami Dolphins fan before the NFL season started in 2019, hey, guess what? You are going to draft Tua. <laughs> next year of the draft, everybody would have said, duh. Well, uh, they sell off their franchise. They get rid of everything, completely blow everything up, and they're trying to build for the future. And somehow they win a couple games. You know, they get to the number five pick. They're not picking number one overall. And they still have an opportunity to get to a, I understand the health concerns and all those things, but this is just a match made in heaven. It makes so much sense. I really do. I, I do not see a reality where Tua falls outside of the top five. Now, I could see a team try to jump in front of Miami. Um, and so, obviously, you know, every single draft year, we always get some top 10 trades. It's going to happen. We're not doing trades in this draft. Uh, I will do that in a later episode. But um, I, I could really see Tua going, you know, anywhere from two through five. And, you know, you've got the Chargers who could jump up. You have the Panthers who could jump up. There's lots of teams that could do that. The Oakland Raiders definitely could be in that conversation as well. But I think it just fits with Miami perfectly. So I have Tua going number five. And then the Chargers sit at six and still get their new signal caller and Justin Herbert quarterback out of Oregon. Uh, you know, I don't think it's too much of a stretch here. Quarterbacks always go early. 
and there's always going to be quarterback needy teams. Obviously, you know they have they kind of divorce themselves from their longtime quarterback and Philip Rivers, and so they've got to do something new there. I get Tyrod Taylor's there, but it's just not enough. Herbert would be a perfect fit to step into that system right there. So number seven. We now have the Carolina Panthers, and man, they miss out on the quarterbacks. Yes, Jordan Love is still available, and you know maybe if Carolina wants to fall back a little bit and still try that, that's fine. But I don't think that's what's best for them here. You know, if you look at what Matt Rule, the new quarterback or the new head coach at Carolina, has done everywhere he's been, you know, at Temple and at Baylor, uh, he is fine with the slow rebuild. (laughs) And so I don't feel like they have to have the need to get quarterback now. And so I have them just taking best player available. It's somebody that's going to fit their scheme perfectly. And that is the linebacker out of Clemson. Isaiah Simmons falls to number seven. And Simmons is a weird cat. Um, his film is a lot of fun. He can do a little bit of everything, but he's definitely one of those chief kind of corner pieces that the Panthers can build on and build this tough program that, you know, Matt Rule's kind of known for. So I have him going number seven overall. Now we have the division opponent, the Arizona Cardinals picking number eight overall, and they are going to go with, uh, this might be a little early, but I personally don't think so. Uh, I am a Longhorn fan. And I love this kid. Uh, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma, uh, the longtime teammate. I guess just one year, of Kyler Murray. So why not pair them back up and just allow them to pick up right where they left off uh, two years ago at Oklahoma? So C.D. Lamb goes number eight. I hate that pick, and I love that pick so much. I really do not want C.D. Lamb in the 49ers division. I don't want to see that for a long time. Now, Now we fall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? Number nine overall, and there's a player that is just staring them in the eye that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, you know, whenever you do mock drafts, there's several different times, usually about five to six times each round where you're just like, there's no way in hell this player falls this far. Well, guess what? Uh, We saw that happen with Josh Allen last year, uh, the amazing defensive end that fell to this team as well, um, and they're going to get another stud, Jeff Akuda. The amazing number one cornerback out of Ohio State falls to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's something that nobody saw coming, but things like this do happen. And they are able to replace Ramsey with the number one corner in this year's draft. That is just a match made in heaven for them. I'm sure they are super excited about that. Number 10. The Cleveland Browns, uh, the offensive tackle run is about to come to a close, and they go with a high upside pick, uh, one of just the highest ceiling players to come out at the offensive line position. That's Bekai Becton, offensive tackle out of Louisville, and he is just... It's interesting to watch him play. You know, he's 6'7", 370 pounds. They just don't make a lot of people like this. (laughs) And so uh, I think this would help out. That offensive line is just garbage in Cleveland. And if you do not want to ruin uh, Baker Mayfield, who has had, you know, back-to-back, he's uh, back-to-back seasons. He's been second in the NFL at interceptions and sacks taken. Like, he's got to get help up front. Uh, So Mekhi Becton going number 10. So let's re-go through just real fast. Uh, those top 10 if you just joined us. Cincinnati gets Burrow, uh, Washington gets Wills, uh, Detroit, Chase Young, Giants get Wirfs, Miami get Tua, Chargers land Justin Herbert, Carolina Panthers Isaiah Simmons, and then we have the Cardinals getting C.D. Lamb, Jacksonville Okuda, and the Browns Mekhi Becton. So now we're outside of the top 10. And as with any draft, 
that takes place. There's usually about 12 to 16 players that are your quote-unquote blue-chip top-tier players. Now we're starting to get in the position where teams reach for needs much more than they just go for best player available. Um, and I think we see that right away. Uh, number 11, we have the New York Gi- uh, Jets, and they're going to go with the last premier offensive tackle, and that's Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Uh, if you saw any Jets games last year, it was just frustrating as hell because their offense could never get in sync they won a couple games with defense and special teams but they've got to fix the offensive line if you want Sam Darnold or Le'Veon Bell or anybody to do anything special now some people are saying they could go wide receiver there that is a huge need but this is a very deep draft at the wide receiver position it's not a deep draft at the offensive tackle position. There's a couple elite guys. There's four uh, that I have just head and shoulders above everybody else, and Andrew Thomas is the last one. Um, there is a way, you know, I could see this draft shaking out where all four offensive tackles go in the top ten picks because, again, it's just it's not necessarily devoid of talent after that, but that is a premium position. You know, if you look at the most valuable positions in the NFL, whether you're looking at the price uh, that you know the the contracts get, the draft capital, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's quarterback, it's edge rusher, then it's offensive tackle, then cornerback. And I don't. It, some people could argue about the order uh, within those, you know, edge, offensive tackle, and cornerback, but those are the four spots. And I think we're going to see a lot of those go early. Now we're into number 12. Let's go with the fighting Grudens. The Oakland, oh, sorry, it's still not updated on the site. The Las Vegas Raiders. I apologize to any Raiders fans listening. I'm just joking. There's no Raider fans out there. Uh, Jerry Judy, they get wide receiver help, falls to number 12. Some people will have him their number one wide receiver. I do not, but he is special for sure. Um, you know, Gruden built his entire offense around a premier wide receiver. You know, the whole Antonio Brown issue that they had there. They need somebody that can get open. I think in a perfect world, the Raiders would land a quarterback, but none of them fall here. I think Jordan Love is a possibility uh, further down the stretch. You know, the, the Raiders, they've got several first-round picks. So, you know, they've got two of them. They can use it however they want. But for them here, I've got them going wide receiver and getting a blue-chip player, Jerry Judy. Now, pick number 13, the Indianapolis Colts. I've got taken Derek Brown who, again, one of those players where I'm just like, goodness, is there a way he can get out of the top 10? Uh, The defensive tackle position is interesting in the NFL. Teams don't value, um, they don't spend the money anyway on that three technique, the kind of hybrid player that you have. Now, not trying to knock, you know, anything that, you know, Derek Brown does, 6'5", 318. Some people are going to have him as a top five player. I have no problem with that. But the issue is this. It's not a premier position. So if you are a team that is close, you know, you feel like you have a playoff roster, then you'd love to take this. But if you're a young rebuilding team with a young quarterback, it's kind of hard to spend a top 10 pick on a defensive tackle. Uh, it's difficult, but he is a difference maker. This is an absolute home run. Uh, Everybody will say it would be the favorite pick of the draft, and there's no issues with that. Um, But Derek Brown falling to 13 would be a steal. Um, Next up, pick 14, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get Kristen Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. That defense is atrocious. Uh, they got to do something. Obviously, offensive line, running back could be a concern, but they've got to fix that secondary. It's... 
they just keep not messing with it. <laughs> You've got to do something different there. Next up, we have the Denver Broncos at 15, and they are going to go with one of my personal favorites. I think I'm higher on this kid than almost anybody else out there. The other wide receiver from Alabama, Henry Ruggs III. I love this kid. Um, you know, and what? And, and th let me just explain to you kind of the way draft rankings and all those things work. And I want to borrow this analogy from Bucky Brooks and the Move the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah. Right now, you're just trying to get players in the neighborhood. You're trying to get them close to who's around there. And then after, you know, the combine, as you lead up to the draft and all those things, then you're going to kind of channel them closer to, you know, the street and the house that they fit in best with your rankings. Because right now what you do is you do tiered sets, okay? These guys, these top four guys, they're in my wide receiver one tier, you know? And so you're moving these guys around. It's not so much who your number one is, who your number two is, things like that. But I cannot put Henry Ruggs higher then I have him. I just can't. I, I, every single time I watch him, so I'll go back and forth, and let's just say uh, I'm going back and forth between Ruggs and Jalen Rager, who's going to go later on in this draft. But anyway, I love both of them. They both offer a very unique skill set. Uh, I've watched three games, uh, again, on every single player that I've ranked so far, but I'm not done. I, I'm curious to see how they test. I'm curious to see what comes out, gets leaked through the combine, things like that. Then I'm going to go back and watch more film, and I'm going to constantly just be moving these guys against each other. Uh, right now, I have Ruggs High. I think that he has a special skill set that not a lot of wide receivers have, and... It, He's a hell of a player. I think he'd be a perfect fit in Denver opposite of Cortland Sutton, who I think is a premier top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, big Cortland Sutton fan. And I, I think this would be just a fun pick. Uh, Ruggs and Sutton for Drew Locke, you know, whether he had a great finish towards the end of the year, we'll have to see, uh, you know, if he can continue that, uh, that spree at quarterback. But love this pick here. And now we're about halfway through the first round. The Atlanta Falcons pick at 16. I have them going edge. The defensive end, the freak, A.J. Espinessa, he is – he's a fun watch. Uh, it – there's not a lot of people like him. Six foot six, two eighty, and just a weird cat, but the upside is all there. And perhaps, you know, they're gonna move on from the defensive end uh, that just didn't really produce. They drafted really, really high, and it didn't work out. Espinosa steps in. I think that would go well. So uh, the second half of the first round, here we go. Pick number 17, the Dallas Cowboys get one of my favorite players at safety. It's a huge positional need, Grant Delpit. I hated putting that in there. I wanted to give him a crappy player just because I hate him, but I think that's just a perfect fit there. Xavier McKinney is another guy that a lot of people have tied to the Dallas Cowboys, but I think Del Pitt's a better player. I really, really do. They're both great. They're in the same tier for me, but uh, out of those two, I want Del Pitt. The ball skills are just much more impressive there. Pick number 18, the Miami Dolphins are back on the clock. Uh, they were able to get Tua at pick five. Now they're going to stay at a premier position again. Defensive end out of L LSU, Kayla Vaughn Chasen. You know, that kind of outside linebacker, edge rush player, Caleb Von Chasen, falls to number 18 again. You know, another player that you could see go in the top 10 and nobody would question. But for me, I have him dropping just a little bit. Next up is the Oakland Raiders. Uh, again, in this draft, they've already picked once, and they went Jerry Judy. 
So now I have them staying, um, you know, building these key positions. I, I don't think that's what they really want to do. They want flash. They want attitude. That's what they want. I have the Oakland Raiders with their second pick taking the linebacker out of Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray. Uh, one of those attitude players that I just see Gruden uh, falling in love with. Mike Mayock, I just it just makes too much sense. And, you know, last year in the draft, they went safety and defensive end in the first round, and you know they were able to get Max Crosby late, who was such a huge, uh, you could argue, probably runner-up for defensive rookie of the year uh, next to Bosa. But add a stud linebacker. <laughs> You've got to move on. Yeah, I don't even want to say his name. you got to move on from the old linebacker that's trying to kill people back there. Uh, he just doesn't need to be in the NFL. That's period. Anyway. Pick number 20, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were able to get Jeffrey Akuda early on, and they're just going to continue to make that defense special. They're going to get Patrick Queen, linebacker out of LSU. And, you know, if you go back to when the Jacksonville Jaguars defense was special, they had two to three stud linebackers. And, you know, and now they're down at that position. So they're able to go get a premier player at that position that can kind of transform them back into uh, their hybrid defense and allow them to stay in that nickel package without sacrificing too much on the back end or in the run game. Patrick Queen is a guy that could do it all. Pick number 21. I think there's two positions that the Philadelphia Eagles could go in uh, anywhere in the secondary or wide receiver. But this draft is loaded at the wide receiver position, especially at the top end. Really, you can get a stud wide receiver at any point, but this is a game changer. The wide receiver out of TCU, Jalen Rager, again, you know, I talked about, you know, <laughs> whenever I was talking about the Alabama guys with Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rager, I can't put them high enough. I, I really can't. There's several different times where, you know, I think in the back of my mind, man, Maybe Jalen Rager's my wide receiver one, which seems crazy. But whenever you watch his film, he offers something that other people don't. Uh, he is the definition of explosive, compact athlete. A perfect fit there in Philadelphia. And, and, and again, if you put Jalen Rager in another year's draft where it's not loaded at the wide receiver position, it, you could see him go in the top 10. But with this draft just being stocked, uh, whatever type of wide receiver you want, uh, your flavor is going to be there. <laughs> They're going to have it there. And with pick number 22, the Buffalo Bills stay at the wide receiver position. They go get T. Higgins, the big Clemson wide receiver. Now, I am not as big on T. Higgins as most people. Um, I, I do think that he's a hell of a player. He's got some of the best hands in the draft. Obviously, 6'4", 215. He's a touchdown threat waiting to happen. Uh, but a lot of people want to compare him to A.J. Green. He's not A.J. Green. Okay, that's just not a reality. He doesn't have uh, the speed. He doesn't have the wiggle, the route running. Uh, he has the hands. He's got the hands, the height. He can track the ball very, very well, but he doesn't run the full route tree. There's still some question marks there. And is he ever going to play with a quarterback as good as we've seen him the last two years And Trevor Lawrence? I don't think he will. Um, you know, if you look at Josh Allen, the quarterback there in Buffalo, Hell of a quarterback, got his team to the playoffs, all those things. He's not accurate at all. Um, and so go get you a big wide receiver that can go high point those off passes. Uh, I love the Buffalo Bills. They're a fun team to watch, but I think T. Higgins would be a good fit. I think this is a reach. Um, I'm not going to have T. Higgins with a first-round grade personally, but he does offer something that's very useful in the fact that he can score touchdowns. Um, led the ACC in back-to-back -back years in touchdowns, 27 career touchdown receptions. He, he's a big-time player. 
Pick number 23, the New England Patriots. This is a weird spot for them to be picking whenever they're not trading. You know, if if it was off a trade, that'd be one thing. But, you know, they had the wild card uh, loss this year in the playoffs. Tom Brady, there's rumors out there. Tom Brady uh, might sign with the Raiders. They're going to offer him two years, $60 million. I think Tom Brady stays in New England, but they've got to address the quarterback position. And I got them going crazy. You know, every single time people think they got Bill Belichick pegged, he just goes nuts. And I got them taking the quarterback out of Utah State, Jordan Love. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are going to be scratching their heads on this one. But if he falls that far, why not? Give Belichick and, you know, Josh McDaniels, whether he'll be there long term or not, I don't think so. But Jordan Love's going in the first round. That's all there is to it. And it's probably going to be in the second half, and it might. it's probably going to involve a trade, to be honest with you. One of the quarterback needy teams that missed out on the big three, you could definitely see them trading back in. And the New England pick number 23 is going to be one of the numbers that's circled because they have an obvious need in the future for a quarterback, even if you think Tom Brady's going to play another two years. Um, which I don't think he will. I think he's got one year left. Um, Jordan Love is a guy that will be going around this position, um, whether it's to the Patriots or somebody else. Pick number 24 with the Saints. Uh, Why not stay with LSU? The wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. He is, man, how do I say this? He is a poor man's Michael Thomas. He is just one of those guys that's a jack of all trades. Um, and that's not a slight on Justin Jefferson. That's not a slight on Michael Thomas, who's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But this is a type of player that would fit inside that offense perfectly. Um, he just does everything well. He's not great at everything or, or anything, really. He just does everything well. I think it's a perfectly safe pick at a need, and he gets to stay close to home, which would be a lot of fun. Now we have the Miami Dolphins, who are back up. You know, we had them get Tua earlier in this draft, and then, you know, now what we're going to have them do is get Trayvon Diggs who, again, one of my favorite players, you know, he's the relative of Stefan Diggs, the cornerback, and they got Caleb Von Chasen. So, again, they've got a quarterback, they've got a defensive end, and now what we're going to do is we are going to add them uh, stud corner. Trayvon Diggs, really, really like him. Oh, and I'm seeing it right here. I just skipped over 25. My apologies to the Minnesota Vikings. At pick number 25, I've got them going defensive tackle, Javon Kinlaw. Another player that could go in the top 12, that just fell because of the position. Defensive tackle, interior defensive line, I just don't value near as much as other people do. Uh, so Kinlaw going to the Vikings at 25. Diggs going to the Dolphins at 26. And we are getting closer and closer to that 49ers pick. Now we are in the NFC West division and probably the most difficult team to predict throughout this whole entire process. The Seattle Seahawks. Nobody knows what the hell they do. I don't think they have scouts. They just, like, they literally, this is the question the Seattle Seahawks ask before they make their first-round pick every year. What can we do to make people scratch their heads? We don't care if he's a good player, and actually we would prefer if he's not a good player. You know, you saw him take LJ Collier last year. That was just a wasted first-round pick. Uh, you can go to, you know, the the running back out of San Diego State. That was a terrible pick as well. We'll see what happens. But I have them going offensive line. And every single year I have the Seattle Seahawks take an offensive line because their offensive line's trash. 
Um, I have them taking the Houston offensive tackle, Josh Jones. Huge upside pick at a huge need. He could play right tackle for them opposite Dwayne Brown. I think it would be a great pick, but they probably won't do that. They'll probably draft, I don't know, who knows. We'll, we'll see what they do, but Josh Jones is who I have going to the Seattle Seahawks and my least confident pick of this entire uh, first-round mock draft. Pick number 28. Baltimore Ravens, why not keep trying to build that offense into something just crazy that the NFL has never seen before? Get another electrifying playmaker, wide receiver out of Colorado, LaVisca Chenault Jr. Now, he's a weird guy, six foot two, 220, jacked up, athlete and a half, can score at any point, and he just fits what the Ravens want to do. Uh, I'm not as high on him as most people are, um, especially on Twitter or not. I love the kid. I just um, I think that there are wide receivers I would prefer in this draft. At pick number 29, the Tennessee Titans stay with defense. You got defensive head coach there. They love Alabama players, and they're going to get another one. Defensive tackle Raekwon Davis. Raekwon could have came out last year in the draft, and if he would have, he would have went probably before this. He would have been around, you know, late first round pick. He didn't really increase his draft stock, but he's just a hell of a football player. And I think he's somebody that Vrabel's going to fall in love with. I do think that, you know, Raekwon's going to go somewhere around this. He's as polished a defensive interior player as you're going to get. And just one of those, he's just a double. You know, he's not a home run hitter. Um, he's not a guy that's going to get 10-plus sacks from the interior, but he is going to make everybody around him better. That's why I like this pick. Uh, number 29, Tennessee Titans take Raekwon Davis. Pick number 30, the Green Bay Packers. There's a couple different places they could go. Offensive line could use a little bit of help, but wide receiver is a glaring, glaring need. And, you know, I, I really, most of the top tier wide receivers are gone, but they're going to go with the shifty playmaker and try to help this team out. And that's going to be KJ Hamler, wide receiver out of Penn State, five foot nine hundred and seventy six, just a little lightning bolt and a lot of fun to watch. And so you put him opposite Devontae Adams. And I think you've got to go wide receiver and in an ideal world. You know, one of the other top six wide receivers would have fell uh, to this point, but I, there's a lot of wide receiver needy, needy teams out there. So I, I think that there is a possibility, you know, that all of these players, you, they go early and Green Bay either trades back or kind of reaches and takes a player that they have a second round grade on. You know, most NFL teams only give out about 20 to 25 first round grades. So once you get to this point in the back half of the draft, uh, there's a lot of trades because, again, if you do pick in the first round, you have that fifth-year option um, to sign you know, a premium position. So whenever you see trades up in the back, you usually go for quarterbacks. You're usually going for edge players or offensive tackles. So there's definitely going to be some movement here, but I do have K.J. Hamler going to the Packers with that pick there. Now, here we go. The moment we've all been waiting for, pick number 31. And with the way that the board has fallen, okay, and I tweeted this out earlier today. It's got, what, 751 votes just after a few hours. Um, you know, I said, look, if the 49ers stay at 31, obviously you want to trade back. That seems to be what everybody wants, and I totally get that. And it makes sense because the draft capital that the 49ers have, it's not a lot. <laughs> it really, really isn't. So I could definitely see them doing something here. Now, here are four of the players 
that I am going to be choosing from today. Now, obviously, there's more, and you guys, I'm sure you're screaming. I don't have my comment section up as I have my notes up for the draft. But um, these are the four players that I am looking at at this level right here. Uh, one of them is kind of a dark horse pick that you know not very many people wanted. Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle out of TCU. I love this kid. I might be higher on him than anybody else. He has the most fun film. I don't think that it's a huge position of need. Uh, I don't think it's a value position. But you know, if you go back to the Super Bowl, I don't have him taking Ross Blacklock. I'm just saying he's one of the people I'm considering at this pick. Um, you know. Every team tried to attack us opposite of DeForest Buckner. Whichever tackle was opposite there, that was huge. I get DJ Jones is coming back. I get Julia Taylor is coming back. But if you could get a premier position at that kind of that one tech, that shade, the nose, whatever you want to call it, the anchor, it would change things dramatically. Um, but it's something to look at. Also, Cesar Ruiz, the guard center out of Michigan, I think most people would choose... We need offensive guard help. Uh, they love versatility. And the problem is Kyle Shanahan just doesn't care about the position. I, he hasn't invested any resources whatsoever into either guard. He is fine just grabbing a guy and putting him in there. Um, you know, if you look through the NFC West and all the issues that take place with some of the best defensive tackle plays, you know, you look at Chris Jones in the Super Bowl, the 49ers struggle with the dominant three technique. So why not go get somebody? Like a Cesar Ruiz, uh, there's lots of other guys there, and we'll spend time on that in a later episode. But I think this is about where he's going to go. Uh, the NFL is continuing to value centers more and more, and so maybe that would be a point of you know uh, selection for Kyle Shanahan, who loves his center position. He just doesn't care about the guard. Uh, now, another player is Xavier McKinney. The safety out of Alabama, who we have talked about extensively, uh, love this kid's play. I did an entire film breakdown. If you want to join us over on the Patreon page, just type in 49ers Rush Podcast, where, you know, whenever I go through and I watch all of this game film, uh, you know, you watch a little bit of highlights, you watch a whole bunch of game tape. The highlights tell you the ceiling of a player. The game tape tells you who this player is. So the highlights are going to tell you where he could go. And, you know, I've used the analogy, watching a player's highlights to evaluate them is like reading their own dating profile that they put out there. Watching game tape is like interviewing every ex that person has ever had. So if you want to know the dirty, the good, the bad, all those things, watch game tape. Now, Xavier McKinney, his game tape and highlight film tell you the same story. He's an explosive player that's always where he needs to be and loves to hit people. Um, hell of a player, Nick Saban coached all those things. Uh, so Xavier McKinney at safety. Now the question is, man, we have a lot of safety depth, especially if you bring back Jimmy Ward. You've got Tart. You've got Ward if you resign him, even if you don't. You've got Tarvarius Moore who had an interception in the Super Bowl. Maybe he's ready to step up. I personally think the weakness in the secondary is Jaquaski Tart. Uh, so I could see that being um, identified as well. He has one more year left on his contract. But uh, we'll have to see what happens at free agency. And the last player that we're going to be choosing from today is C.J. Henderson cornerback out of Florida. I really like this kid. I really like this kid a lot. Uh, you know, you look at what he's able to do, uh, six, you know, six, one corner that just, he screams our defense. <laughs> he just does everything right from six, one, two, oh, two. He is an absolute freak athlete. Um, and he, he just shows up 
And he, I really do think that his film is best whenever he does the bump and run, but they didn't ask him to do it very much. I think he would be a perfect scheme fit for the 49ers as well. Um, and again, let's look at the cornerback position. One, it's a premier position, much more so than defensive tackle, guard center, safety, much more so. Richard Sherman, top three corner last year. I don't think you could argue against that. He's amazing. He is 31. I do want him to stay at corner. He has one more year left on his deal. Now, the opposite side is interesting. Emmanuel Mosley's played well. I have no problem moving forward with Emmanuel Mosley and Richard Sherman. But again, is that your long-term plan? How much longer can Sherman play? Two, three years, four years? Who knows? Uh, the cornerback position, usually they're not that old, unless you want to talk about Green, <laughs> Daryl Green. He played forever, but he's a different county cat. Um, Akello Witherspoon, can he finally get back to the level where his head's not in his way? I don't know. I don't mind having Akello as a backup, but I don't want to move forward with him as a starter, and I don't want to move forward. Let's say Sherman's going to leave after a year. I'm not comfortable with Emmanuel Mosley and Akello Witherspoon as my starting corners. I don't think anybody in the NFL would be okay with that. So... Cornerback is definitely a position of need. So I put it to you guys. 771 votes is where it's at now. And that, it's just been four hours. So here are the results. Uh, last place was Rock uh, Ross Bla uh, Blacklock with 3.4% of the vote. Uh, second to last place, third place, was Cesar Ruiz, the guard center. He got 24%. Second place, CJ Henderson. He got 26.5%, and the overwhelming majority was Xavier McKinney, who, again, I could totally see being gone by 31 uh, whenever we're picking. I get it. Safeties do tend to drop in the NFL draft, so I wouldn't be shocked if one of the top-tier safeties in Grant Delpit or Xavier McKinney were there, but... Yeah, yeah, obviously fan favorite. Everybody knows the name. He's been with Alabama in every single primetime game that's out there. I get it. But guess what, guys? It's my mock draft, and I love hate. Bring the hate on with the 31st selection at the very first mock draft of the 49ers Rush podcast for the 2020 season. I have the 49ers selecting Florida cornerback C.J. Henderson building depth at a premier position, somebody that could start perhaps his rookie year. If not, he can take over year two. Uh, if Sherman leaves or opposite Sherman, you can't have enough outside corners. I love this pick, and his upside is as high as anybody at the cornerback position in this draft. Um, he is still very, very raw. His athleticism and all those things, uh, they're off the charts. Uh, he, it is nuts what this kid did in high school. I love C.J. Anderson. Um, I'm sure people are upset. A, a, a bunch of people just clicked off. I'm sure <laughs> that's okay. I, I get it. I get it. But uh, I love CJ Henderson. Uh, there's a lot of picks here. Ideally, we trade back, but we didn't do trades today. Uh, but this kind of gives you uh, just a look at man, how do I say this? What could happen? How the board could fall. And that's what it's all about. Just seeing what it could look like. And with the 32nd pick, I'm going to give the Chiefs a kicker. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I got the Chiefs taking safety. Xavier McKitty. I can't let him fall out of the first round. And the people that I did upset before are now furious, and that's okay. <laughs> but I love you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this uh, real quick just mock draft, picks 1 through 32. We've got a lot more draft content coming your way. Um, and, again, if you want to buckle down into the film and all that stuff, head over to Patreon.com. Type in 49ers Rush Podcast. Join us over there. Uh, we're, I think I – 
both draft breakdowns I did of Xavier McKinney and Dale Pitt last week were about 18 to 22 minutes each. And I'm going to keep doing that for all the top tier positions. So we're going to be jumping over to wide receiver film this week uh, where I'm loading all that up. I've already graded the film, but I'm going to be putting my coaching notes and all that stuff and film breakdown over there. So thanks as always. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe, hit that like button. Really appreciate it. And we will be back soon. And as always, stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.